This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earnin today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day. Because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Hello. So we are back for part two of your 10 ways to slay. And I'm recording this the day after I recorded part one. So if you listen to part one, episode 27, if you didn't listen, go back and listen. So when you get to this, you can understand what we're talking about. But um, yesterday we recorded part one of 10 ways to slay. And I had Vinny in the background with me, which actually went really well aside from the pooping and the peeing that had to take place in the middle of the episode and the mysterious pee that got on the floor that we neither of us can figure out how that got there. It's amazing how much pee lands on our floor and no one ever knows how it got there. I'm sure that never happens at your house. So today I'm recording alone, just the dog and I, which is a little more peaceful and a little less cumbersome. So that's nice. We're actually getting ready to head out of town for the Memorial Day weekend and um, heading out of town is like total freaking chaos. So I'm going to try to not talk too fast in this episode because when I feel like I have a lot of things to do, I get really like fast forward and I'm not fun to be around. My husband (laughs) can't stand it because I like dart everywhere and I dart with my thoughts and I dart with my words and I dart with like physically I'm running around and I can't like focus very long on one thing. So we'll see how this goes today. Let's see how much darting I do in this episode. I also, I do things kind of like spastically when I'm in a hurry. And so um, one of my old roommates made fun of me because she would laugh at like the way I would try to turn on the radio in my car when I was rushing somewhere and how like quickly I would like slam the button and turn it up. And it's just all very, 
I didn't realize I'm just, I'm kind of a spaz, okay? It's like partly me being neurotic. It's partly me being type A. It's partly maybe my anxiety. I don't know. So let's see how smoothly we can get through this episode today before I go and pack a million things and get food ready and do all the stuff that I need to do before we leave town in a few hours. Okay. We're diving back into our last episode. So we left off, last episode was 10 ways to slay. And I love this topic. Um, I love the idea of giving you better ways to you know, improve your life every day. And I left off number 10, your number 10 way to slay was to be a quitter essentially and to don't do things that you don't want to, to not do things that you don't want to do. So I didn't give a lot of information on this one because I wanted to do a whole episode on it. So when you listen to episode 27, I kind of like just use number 10 as a teaser. I was like, okay, your number 10 way to slay is be a quitter and done. And so the reason I wanted to give time to this, this issue in your ways to slay specifically is because I think it's where we struggle the most. I think that quitting things and not doing things that don't serve us is where women and moms really let themselves get stuck and we hold ourselves back. And we do things over and over that we don't want to do. And we don't have to do that. You don't have to do the things that you don't want to do. And that's not to say, like I said in the last episode, like, yes, you're going to have to probably like do some dishes and do some laundry, but the bigger things in life, you don't have to do them. You either need to work through them and get to them to a point where you can embrace them or you need to decide when it's appropriate to quit. So I have this thing about quitting because as a personal trainer and being in the fitness industry for so long, there's like a million little quote unquote inspirational um, sayings. And now, you know, via social media, there's all these memes that are about quitting and they're supposed to be totally inspiring. And I think they are a load of crap. So let's just start with Lance Armstrong because he's kind of a load of crap. Sorry if you disagree, but come on. I could give you, I'm not going to waste my time on this episode talking about why I'm not a Lance Armstrong fan but you can feel free to send me hate mail about that if you want to. All right. And then we can get like, an, you know, we can have a social media war about it. That would be fun. So Lance Armstrong said, he has a, this famous quote, pain is temporary, quitting lasts forever. I can't stand that quote because there's a lot of times where you should quit. I'm not saying every time something is painful, you should, you should give up immediately because I don't think that's the case. But there are times when a certain threshold of pain is appropriate to stop. It's appropriate for you to stop. And there's also times where giving up on something in the middle of it actually is exactly the right thing to do. And it's exactly the best thing to do. I can't tell you how many times I know people who have pushed through physical pain to incur injuries that lasted for years. And so of course I see this because I'm in the fitness industry and I see people who like are in the middle of a half marathon. And this is really common in the the first time you do an event. So I've seen this with a first half marathon. And I've also seen someone do this in their first Ironman, which an Ironman is insane. It's a, um, two and a half mile swim. I'm rounding these numbers, but it's like a two and a half mile swim, I believe 112 mile bike ride, and then a, um, full marathon. So 26.2 mile run. So it's a long day, like elite, elite women do this in eight to nine hours. And that is people who've been doing it for many, many years. The average woman does this in like 13 to 17 hours. So it's a long day. So I know people who've done Ironmans and who've done their first like marathon or half marathon. And because they've trained for so long, they get to race day and they feel this like nagging ache or pain and they just push through it and push through it. And sometimes it's crippling. Now, when you're doing an event, like I've pushed through pain many times doing events and there's definitely where you're just like, oh, this, this nagging thing, like I'm going to have to ice it afterwards. 
But then there is also like you can push injuries beyond a certain point where the recovery becomes really, really challenging and you can be out of the game for years. So I know someone who got a biking injury while doing an Ironman and was never able to run or bike again. I know people who have done who have gotten running injuries in the middle of a half marathon or marathon and had to stop running for a couple of years and go through like massive physical therapy. So in those situations, quitting actually would have been way better because they probably would have been back on their game within a few weeks or a, mo- a couple of months versus a few years or maybe never. So it's really hard to know what where that threshold is. And that's going to be different for everyone. But give yourself permission to say, like, this is not the right thing for me. This is not the best thing. Listen to your body and listen to the feedback it's giving you. I don't want to say, like, the first time you feel pain, just throw in the towel because I don't think that's at all the right idea. But I do think that there's a time to listen to what your body's telling you. So along those lines, when you're thinking about other things where it maybe isn't physical pain, but emotional pain, like getting out of a relationship, the whole idea of like getting like not I don't want to get into a huge debate about like marriage and divorce, but like staying in an unhappy, unhealthy marriage for an indefinite amount of time. Who is that serving? That's not serving anyone. And we get into this mindset of, well, I don't want to quit. I don't want to give up on this. Like, what would that say about me? Or what would that say about my commitment? Or what would that say about my religious values? Or what, I mean, there's a million reasons that people don't want to get divorced. And I'm not saying divorce is the best thing. Like I came from a divorced household. In my case, I do think it was the best thing. I can't imagine if my parents stayed married. Like, thank God they didn't. They are, they are the most mismatched people (laughs) to begin with. Someday I'll do an episode on that, but they're really mismatched. I don't understand how they ever got together to begin with. And I can see why it didn't work out. And my house, my childhood was very peaceful because my parents weren't together. I don't think it would have been that way if they were together. So I am not at all saying that everyone should get divorced, but I also don't think that you should live in, an, in a miserable relationship your whole life. So that's another example of when sometimes quitting might be appropriate. Of course, you would never do that at the drop of a hat. You would go through a lot of steps to make sure that that's the right course of action. But sometimes it is the right course of action. Sometimes you will serve yourself and your family better by walking away from a relationship that's just not working. And this happens in other relationships within your family. It might be with a sibling or a parent. I am currently listening to um, Heather McDonald's podcast. And, oh, it's called, um, I'm totally spacing on the name, Juicy something, Juicy, oh my gosh, I have to look it up. Um, I'll grab it here while we're talking. So I'm listening to your podcast and she's, she's doing this series. She's just finishing it, but you should definitely go back and listen. It's about her relationship with her sister. And it is fascinating. And so she kind of did it serial style where she gives like different um, snippets every week. And it's like this. So it ends up being a story that takes course over the course of like a decade or two. Um, and she gives this inf- and every week begins or ends with like this little cliffhanger. And it's just different stories of her relationship with her sister over the course of many years. So, OK, her it's called Juicy Scoop is the name of her podcast. So um that is the perfect example of a relationship that like, please quit that relationship. Like you're going to, as you listen to her story with her sister, you're going to just be screaming like, oh my God, walk away, get her out of your life. Like this is insane. The stuff that is going on. So there's relationships, even when they're really close to you that are appropriate to quit. And then of course there's things on a much different level, like quitting a job or finding a new career or quitting the PTA or, you know, I'm constantly encouraging my clients and my members here at my gym in Seattle to unschedule themselves because especially moms, we just book and book and book things, unschedule yourself. Like you do not have to have your kid in activities every day. Each kid can have one activity and that's 
we only have one kid. So, so my kid gets two activities right now. Um, and that, and I get, I have one day off during the week. So on Thursdays, he swims on Sundays, he has soccer. Like that's it. We're not adding to that. If we are going to add another activity, like right now he's kind of getting into gymnastics. I'm like, okay, if you want to take gymnastics, then we're going to quit soccer or swimming. Like we're not going to just keep adding things because that's not my job as a, the best mom possible is not just to run you to a million different activities. I think that you, there's a better way to do it and a better way for us to exist with actually like having some downtime and having some peace and quiet and those kinds of things. So quitting those things that just keep running you ragged, totally fine. Look at your mom duties. Look at your job duties. Look at your job overall. Um, all those kinds of things can be totally appropriate. So another quitting quote that I have to share with you, failure only happens when, when you give up trying. So never quit. Um, okay, no, I'm not buying it. So first of all, Failure only, ha- only happens when you give up trying. I actually think failure is a great thing. Um, so embrace failure because the amazing thing about failure is that you learn so much. So failure is actually like the best way to learn something really fast. So I think failure is really cool. I'm not saying like it's fun. I'm not saying I'm like hoping to fail a lot more times in my life. But for every time I failed, I've learned so much and it's helped me tremendously in making decisions moving forward. So failure is actually a very helpful tool in life. Um So the idea of failure only happens when you give up trying, it puts this whole negative spin on failure. It puts a whole negative spin on giving up and quitting and everything. Like you should totally give up and quit sometimes. Sometimes something just doesn't work. Don't keep beating your head against the wall. Because I'm sorry, when you keep beating your head against the wall and the wall's not budging, like you're the idiot, okay? (laughs) So you have to like make it really objective and step back and be like, wait, I'm beating my head against this wall. The wall's not moving. There's no give here. What am I going to do? build a different wall. Okay. (laughs) Like find a new doorway, cut the doorway out of the wall, find the window to climb through, like whatever. I'm not going to keep boring you with my, um, analogies that I'm feeling creative with here as I make them up on the fly. So another one that I hear in the fitness industry all the time is quitting is not an option. This is on like, I swear every gym I know has this on a t-shirt. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. 
This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, it's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. Quitting is an option. There's totally times when you should quit and when you can quit, and it's okay. And it might be that, you know, in the middle of your boot camp workout today, you feel really crappy because you were up all night with kids and you're just like, I'm not going to do this whole set of burpees or whatever. That's okay. I've actually quit, like I've quit running multiple times in my life and not because of injury. I actually, I quit running last summer because I was hating it. And I was like, this sucks. And I was, I was having a hard time. Um, it just don't, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel good. I was like slow and sluggish and I would try to go faster, but that felt horrible. I was like, this just doesn't feel good. So I quit running and I started walking and that was like a huge exhale for me. Walking was really uncomfortable at first because it did feel like, oh my gosh, I've totally just quit something. And I did feel, and I'm not, you know, I'm not burning as many calories and I'm not sweating as much and all those kinds of things. But the reality is I found out later that I had some things going on that I'm still dealing with, with my adrenal system and with my blood sugar. And that's why running felt really crappy. So pushing through would only have further exacerbated those things. It only would have further exacerbated this. I have this um, re uh, reactive hypoglycemia and it only would have further exacerbated the issues that I have with my adrenals. So pushing through that, like if running feels horrible or your workouts that used to feel good feel horrible all the time, you have to stop, quit and figure out why they feel miserable. What's going on with your body? What's going on with your energy? It is totally appropriate. If you've, have, if you've only gotten a few hours of sleep and you get up to work out, and you're not feeling it, like stop doing the burpees and do some like do some yoga moves or do whatever feels right for your body for that day. It's okay to listen to your body. That doesn't mean like every time you feel a little bit of burn, you should give up. It means that it's okay to listen to your body and understand where you're coming from on any given day. So if one day you're like, I got a great night's sleep, this workout is killing me, but I know I'm well fed, I'm well fueled, I'm well rested, like push through that. If on the other hand, you know that you're exhausted, it's been a crazy week, you've been, you know, you're horribly stressed out, you haven't eaten well, you haven't slept well, then don't power yourself through a crazy workout. Do something that's a little more restorative or take something at a pace that feels good for that day. Because pushing through, constantly pushing, 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 and I am totally a pusher. Pushing through doesn't help you in the long run. It's okay to be a quitter. So when you quit things, you want to think about 
when's, when it is appropriate to quit versus when it's not appropriate to quit because it is not appropriate to quit every time something's uncomfortable. If I quit every time I was uncomfortable, I wouldn't be sitting here on this podcast today. If I quit every time something was uncomfortable, I wouldn't have my gym. My, I wouldn't have built this business for 13 years. I would still be doing one-on-one sessions, helping like six to eight people a day. And now I can help thousands of people a day. And so for me, it was definitely worth pushing through some really uncomfortable barriers and challenging myself through some things that I definitely would have rather quit at the time, but I saw the benefit in persevering and it was all worth it because I knew that it would take me to the next level. That was worth it for me. That doesn't mean I didn't quit some other things along the way. You know, I changed careers and I did that. And I talked about that in episode 27 in your 10 ways to slay. When I changed careers, I did that in a really strategic way so that I was quitting my old career, but I did it in a way that I knew that it would benefit me so that I could build, I could uh, build myself into a new career. And I could venture into that in a way that was strategic and safe so that I could actually like not become homeless and, and lose all my money while I changed careers. Um, I've also, you know, I've quit business ventures. I walked away from a project a couple of years ago with a friend and it was something I really loved and I was totally into it. And we had money on the line and we had built a website and like all this stuff. But I knew where I wanted, where I needed to go with my local business, with my gym required so much of my attention and I knew that if I kept doing this joint venture, that my gym, my gym was ultimately going to suffer from it. And I knew that that was not the right, it wasn't the right timing for me. And so I hated to walk away from that project because we were pretty deep at the time that I had to say, like, make an uncomfortable phone call and say, like, I'm really sorry, I can't do this. But I also knew that it was the right thing for that time. Um, and that was, that was a hard call because I have a big thing with like letting people down and to call someone up and say like, I know we've done a lot on this project. I know we're like, you know, we're getting close to launching and I know we've already put money into it. You know, we're like a couple thousand dollars in and I'm really sorry, but I can't do this. That was a big freaking deal. And I felt, I felt really bad for what I was walking away from, but I also knew that to preserve my sanity and to preserve my, my bread and butter, which was my gym, I knew that that's what I had to do. And so, you know, it's not like it's an easy call, but I also knew that I couldn't spread myself any more thin because if I did continue to spread myself thin, the things that I would have to give up would be more time with my family. And that's when I, I can't give that up. Like I'm, that's not worth it to me. And luckily the woman I was working with, she's a mom. She totally got that. Like she, you know, her family's her first priority too. So she could understand my dilemma with the whole thing. So that worked out nicely that <laughs> she could be very compassionate and empathetic. So I appreciated that. I've also quit groups. I've been in groups that actually, while they were still surfing me well, I had to walk away from them. I was in, I've been in business groups who have, you know, helped me grow my businesses tremendously and I've built amazing relationships. But at a certain point, I had to make some trades and I had to say like this group, I love this group. I love these people, but I need to walk away from them. And if I walk away from them, I can open some space for some other things that are even more beneficial for me or more beneficial for my family. And one of the groups that I was in was this local business group and I'd been in it for for like seven or eight years. And I knew that walking away was going to be really hard, but I also knew that it was going to allow me more time to be at home. It gave me another morning each week that I could actually spend with Vinny and not have to get out the door super early. And that was a big benefit to me at the t- at that time in my life. Like I needed, I was really kind of grasping for times when I could be at home during certain transitions in the day. And so it was worth it for me to walk away from one thing in order to open up space for something else. That was really significant. And and I don't have any regrets about that. I walked away. I probably lost a little bit of business in that, but that was an appropriate trade for me at that time. Quitting was totally appropriate and totally worth it. The other thing, 
when looking at quitting is looking at relationships. So, you know, there's the looking at quitting workouts and looking at quitting jobs and looking at quitting partnerships and looking at quitting careers, all those kinds of things. But then also don't forget about your relationships. It's totally okay to quit relationships. And so, like I mentioned in Heather McDonald's podcast, walking away from relationships can be really, really helpful. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that at the end of the podcast, because I think that this is something, I think we try to hold on to relationships because we feel like if we've had a connection at one time, we have to always have a connection and that's not true. And that can go for friendships. It can go for family relationships. And I think we need, I think that stepping away from relationships that don't serve you anymore can be really beneficial. Okay. So when to be a quitter, you want to be a quitter when something no longer serves you. That doesn't mean that you do everything from a super like self-serving selfish place, but on some degree, yes, be selfish in the way you look at things. It is okay to like shamelessly look at something and be like, how is this serving me? And how is it not serving me? And if I were to walk away from this, how would I feel about it? You know, one of the things I always think about is if I quit something, what are, what, what emotions will that bring for me? Will it bring a lot of relief and a lot of joy and a lot of freedom and a sense of like, um, just being able to move forward in a new or different way. And that kind of helps me know that like, yes, this is the right thing to do. If I feel like I'm going to quit something and have regret or have guilt or remorse or anything like that, then I'm like, maybe I need to think this through a little bit more or talk it through. And then I talk it through with other people and, you know, try to figure it out until I can get to a point where it seems a little more definitive. Also, it's okay to be a quitter when something doesn't bring you joy. So um, I have not read the, the life-changing habits of tidying up, I think is the name of the book. But I know I've had so many other people to share it with me and talk to me about it. I know that one of the things she has, the author of the book has you do is um, pull all your clothes out of your closet and one by one identify which objects, which pieces of clothing bring you joy. You should do this in all areas of your life. Like what is bringing you joy and what's not? And that doesn't mean you can quit everything that doesn't bring you joy because again, like you're going to have to do the laundry and do the dishes sometimes. But what are the things that do bring you joy? Keep doing those things. Notice the things and identify the things that don't bring you joy. And then how can you start to pare those things down? Another way, another time that it's appropriate to be a quitter is when something does fill you with dread. When you have to do something over and over and every time you have to do it, you're like, oh my God, I don't want to do it. Oh my God, I don't want to do it. And so, you know, this can happen. I know for me, there's situations where, um, a new thing, especially I will go into it and like, it'll be like the first 10 times I do it. I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to do it. But then yeah, I get to the point where I'm like, oh, okay. Like now I'm over time. I feel the benefit and I feel the the return on my investment. And I feel like, oh, okay, this is worth it, even if it's uncomfortable initially. So with those things, you know, with something that's evolving like that, that's not necessarily the appropriate time to quit. But if you've been doing something for a while and every time you have to go do it, you're filled with dread, it's probably not the right thing for you to be doing anymore. Another time to be a quitter, when something holds you back from progressing in, in another, in that area of your life or another area of your life, it's something or someone is holding you back. Quit that thing. Quit that person. Stop doing that. The whole idea of like just doing something because it's on autopilot is let's be consciously aware on the opposite end, like be overly aware of not doing things on autopilot. Be really aware of every choice that you make. Every time you give time and energy to something, you are giving up time and energy for something else. So every time I drop my child off at school, I'm giving up eight hours with him to put into my work. That is totally worth it to me because I have deemed that to be very worth it. But that means that I have to make sure that those eight hours, I'm using them to do things that are truly valuable for my businesses because the sacrifice is I'm not with my child and I have limited time with him in this lifetime, right? 
It's not to say that I always want unlimited time with him, but I have limited time with him. I was actually reading something about teenagers. I was um, reading the book, um, All jo- uh, all, Oh gosh, All Fun, no, All Fun But No Joy or something along those lines. I'll have to, I'm going to take a picture and put it on Instagram because um, I'm really loving this book and I'm totally butchering the name. But she was talking about teenage years and how early children start to separate from their parents. And so like the difference between like a 12, uh, I think she divided it into like eight to 12 year olds and then like 12 to 14 and then like 14 to 18. And like that the separation starts at eight. And I was like, oh my gosh, like kids start wanting to not hang out with their parents when they're eight because Vinny's almost four. That means I only have like four years left. And it was really eye opening to me. I thought, oh my gosh, if I only have four years left, like I need to really maximize this time. Like my, it's like my, and he's almost four. So I'm like, okay, my time with my time with my child is almost half over forever. Like I had this horrible, like it was so eye opening to me that I'm constantly trying to get out of spending time with my kid, I feel like. And then all of a sudden I'm told like, oh, well, you he's only going to want to be around you till you're eight or till he's eight. And since he's almost four, you've like half of that time is already gone. You've already wasted half of that time wishing you had more time to yourself. So I have four years left of trying to not wish that time away. So I'm going to really work on that. So every time you decide to spend time doing one thing, you are taking away time from something else. So make sure it's worth it. As moms, we are so spread thin that this is even more imperative because every time you decide to do one thing, you're probably actually taking time away from like 13 other things. So if you hate being on the PTA and that takes away a couple hours of your week, that's like two hours you could spend doing so many other things that you love. And I'm sure your list of things that you love and you never get to do is a million items long. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence 
Whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. So make sure if you're doing on a committee or the PTA or the whatever, make sure that it's really valuable to you. It doesn't mean that you love every minute of it, but make sure that it holds value somewhere in your value system and that it's meaningful to you on some level that is significant. Because if it's not, then get out, unschedule, quit, stop. And then the last time when you know it's time to be a quitter is when you've outgrown a relationship or a position or something is just seeming like a chore. And it might be that it's like completely uncomfortable and horrible, or it might just be that it just feels like it's kind of run its course. And those are the things that we keep doing. Again, like back to that idea of things being on autopilot. When, when you've outgrown something, it's okay to walk away from it. And I've had the situation with relationships where relationships get to a certain point and you're not, and you realize like this used to be really valuable to me, but now it's grown. We've grown as people, whatever, like this friendship doesn't mean as much to me, or I, I just, I don't, have a place for this right now. And that's okay. And it's okay to step back on those kinds of things. Because again, what happens when you step back from those things that don't serve you is you open up space for things that do serve you. And sometimes you don't know. Sometimes it's not like you take, you know, you move item one out of a box and then you're like, okay, now I can just plug in item two. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes you can't automatically plug something into that hole. But sometimes you're just sitting there and you're like, I don't know what's going to go in this new space that I've created but something's going to go there. And you'll be amazed by how things will just appear. When you walk away from one thing, new things appear. And suddenly you've created the mental space of that you have awareness that you're looking for something. And so you will start to see things that you didn't see before. When you have no space in your, in your life, no mental energy for, to, for anything new, or just no physical energy for anything new, um, you don't see the opportunities because you're done. Like you're tapped out. As soon as you create that space, then you start to see potential and you start to see things. Like I have to say, literally the week after I moved the gym, I've talked about moving the gym. It was this huge thing in my life for a long time. So I moved the gym last summer. As soon as I was done moving the gym, it was like a week later. And I was like, oh, hmm, I think I need a new project. Like having that done created all this space. Within two weeks, I was like, I think I want to launch a podcast. I literally never thought of launching a podcast in my life before. It was not something that was on my radar. I was not at all thinking like, hmm, as soon as I'm done with the gym, I'm going to launch a podcast. It was as soon as I was done with that huge project that weighed so heavily on me, as soon as I was done with that, there was automatically this space. And I didn't even consciously think like, how am I going to fill it? I just started thinking like, oh, podcasts are kind of cool. Wow. I really like, and I started noticing like the podcast that I liked and I started noticing the people I was listening to and kind of what they had done in their life over the course of the last few years and where they were going. And I was like, all these cool people are doing podcasts. That's awesome. And I kind of want to be like them. And oh my God, I totally want to have a podcast. (laughs) 
And then we were born. And so welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. So that's how it happens is like you create this space very unconsciously and you start to notice things unconsciously. And then all of a sudden you have this new thing that really can really does fill you up. So the benefits of creating space by quitting things, by being a quitter, are getting the joy and the peace that you deserve. I know that for every time I've shut down a relationship on Facebook, oh, so much relief. So I am really careful about social media and how who I see on social media because I want that to be a really positive place for me because I do spend a lot of time on social media. So I'm not willing to let my day be ruined by people who like just want to talk crap all day and people that want to bash other people and whatever. So like body, if you body shame, you're done. If you only do politics, you're done. If you only do religion, you're done. Like, and I don't care who you are. I have unfriended and blocked people in my family, close friends. Like I am very much, um, in a position to decide who I see and what I see every day. And that's my sacred place. It's my Facebook wall is my living room. And a lot of you are invited and some of you are not. And I hope that you treat your Facebook wall or any social media spaces the same way. That is your living room. If people are not respectful of your space, kick them out. And whatever that means for you. If people are not respectful of my space, that doesn't mean they have to agree, you know, have the same beliefs of me and everything. But if they're presenting themselves in a way that is disrespectful or creates angst in me in any way, shape or form, they're out. They're uninvited to my party. And what happens every time I unfollow, unfriend, block or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. Exhale. Like I'm done with that now. Thank God. And then I'll notice like a week or two later, something will come up, especially if I have mutual friends with people that I've let go of on social media. Some, some, I'll see something or notice someone's name and I'll be like, oh, thank God. I haven't had to see that person for a while. Like it's such a relief after the fact. And this has happened so many times now that I just, it's so affirming. Um, so I'll see someone's name will come up and I'll be like, oh yeah, I used to have to see that crap every day. No more. Like they are not invited to my living room, not invited to my party. You can have them at your party all you want, but they are not invited to mine. So also when the benefit of being a quitter is like I said, you deserve, you have created this new space and you deserve that space. It is so important for you to get that space for those new things that will improve your life. So always be open to knowing that you deserve that and being and being really ready to embrace that new space. And then lastly, the last benefit is recognizing that your time in your space is really sacred. And if you don't treat it that way, no one else will. So don't fill it up with crap. Don't fill your space with crap, your physical space, your mental space, your personal space, your professional space. Like none of that should be filled with crap. You have to get the crap out because that space is really sacred. And we don't we don't have enough ego as women to treat our space in a sacred way. You need to have more ego about that. You need to kick people out of your living room. You need to get people off your social media. You need to like decrease the relationships that no, no longer serve you. That might be an uncomfortable conversation, or it might just be like a slow over time kind of a distancing thing. I'm not saying like you need to call people up and be like, yeah, I'm going to unfriend you on Facebook. And by the way, I don't want to go to lunch anymore. It doesn't need to be weird like that. Just slowly back away from the things that don't serve you, don't bring you joy, don't bring you peace. That's totally appropriate. You don't have to be like a big show. It doesn't need to be a big production. I don't make a big production about any of this. Like confrontation scares me more than anything. Totally gives me diarrhea. I can't stand confrontation. So when I break away from something, it's like this quiet, subtle thing that I do just to be protective of myself. It's not about hurting someone else. It's not about making them feel bad. It's just me needing to protect my own sacred space. So be protective of that space and treat it like something sacred because it is. And remember, everything that fills up your space 
is taking up space that something else could take up. So if you're giving space to something, you're taking away space from something else. So always be aware of that trade and never take it for granted. So if you want to be a better quitter, you have to start with practicing. You have to start with practicing little things, practice saying no, and be okay with no being a complete sentence. Can you go to lunch next week? No. Can you meet me for coffee after yoga class? No. Would you want to help us on the party planning committee at the preschool? No. Totally okay. Like no can be a one word sentence. I'm not saying I'm good at that because I'm not, but it totally can be a one word sentence. I'm good at like no. And then like 13 paragraphs afterwards about why I can't do something. Um, I'm trying to minimize that. Like maybe 13 paragraphs to three paragraphs would be a good fit. So practice saying no on a regular basis. See if you can like test yourself, like for every, like try to practice like saying every, for every three yeses, you, you have to say a no. So every, like every, this is, if your kids are young enough to do this, my, one of my friends was telling me once her child got into grade school with birthday parties, she's like, everyone invites the whole class. So you literally like have birthday parties every single weekend. There's no way you can go to all of them. So I was thinking, I'm like, okay, if that happens when Vinny gets to school, we're going to have a rule, like only every other invitation or like for every, you know, you can say like, there has to be a pattern, like, yes, yes, no, yes, yes, no. Like we are not going to every single birthday party. I can't handle that. I, I hate being overcommitted and I hate, I hate scheduling massages. Like I don't like scheduling self-care. So I really don't like to schedule things that aren't awesome. Um, So don't be afraid to say no to things. Don't be afraid to dump people. So this is the next thing I want you to do to practice being a better quitter. Dump some Facebook friends. Go today and find some Facebook friends or some pages and just unfollow them. You don't have to block them. You don't have to unfriend them. Just unfollow so that you don't see their stuff anymore. And this and on a page, you know, obviously you can do that anonymously, but with a friend, you can. Do, it's totally anonymous if you just unfollow. So they don't know. No one knows. You can unfollow all your family members that make you crazy on Facebook. Unfollow them. That's what I've done. Like I'm only friends with like half or I'm friends with a lot of my family members. I only follow like half of them. And that's not because that's not me saying I'm better than them. It's just that I don't, I want, again, it's who I invite to my living room. It's my choice. If you're not invited, like, I'm sorry. If you're offended, I'm a little bit sorry, but not really. It's probably because you said some stupid stuff and I'll see you at the family reunion. Okay. So unscheduling one thing per week. That's your next assignment. Every week for like the next four to six weeks, unschedule something, cancel something, be like, yep, sorry, can't make it to that or get off of a committee or something. Like just get out of one commitment every week for that. You will be so, you will be sending me emails like, thank you, Jesus. I got to take a nap today. So let me know how that goes. Okay. And then the last thing, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. So look at every time someone asks you to do something, every time someone wants you to engage in something and participate in something, if it's not a hell yes, then it is a hell no. Get really, really clear on that. If it's not something that brings you immediate like joy and excitement and a little bit of nerves in there is okay. But if it's just immediate dread and like, oh my God, I have to do this. That's a hell no, because it's not a hell yes. Okay. So I found this cool quote that I want to share for the last little bit here. I was looking up quotes. Um, inspirational quotes about quitting because I wanted to find some really bad ones for you, like I shared earlier. But then I found this one, which is really good by Nelson Mandela. So obviously brilliant, brilliant, brilliant man and such a leader. Quitting is leading too. So I encourage you today to be a leader by quitting something. Let's start being quitters collectively so that moms don't have to do so much crap. Like let's not do all the stuff. And that will create room for way more cool stuff and way better crap because there's always more crap out there, right? So be okay with 
quitting so that you can do that as a form of leading and also showing your kids like it's okay to say no. Here's a comfortable, easy way to say no. Here's a way out if you don't want to do something because you don't want to model to your kid that they're going to have to say yes to everything and that they're going to have to overcommit their whole entire life and that they're going to have to be like drudging through all these things that they can't stand because they're because they don't want to take a stand and they don't have enough ego to say this isn't worth my time, this isn't worth my energy and I'd actually like to spend more time with my family. So quitting is leading too. On that note, go out there and be a quitter. I hope you loved this episode. This is one of my favorite topics. So if you are inspired to be a better quitter, please share this episode with other moms so that we can all be better quitters together. You can find our episodes at shamelessmom.com. You can always share from our social media pages. So we're on Instagram and Facebook at the Shameless Mom Academy. And if you have feedback, feel free to shoot me an email at info at shamelessmom.com. And lastly, make sure you subscribe on iTunes. If we release episodes every Monday and Wednesday, and so if this was a great episode for you, make sure you're subscribed so that every time we release a new episode, you can get it right away. So go over to iTunes and you can just go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. We'll take you right to our iTunes page and you can subscribe. And oh, incidentally, while you're there, feel free to leave a five-star review. I would love that. And until next time, have a fantastic day. Go out there, be a quitter, and no matter what you do today, do it shamelessly. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.